0: Jack Russell's J. White. Grit. <laughs> I was so pleased about getting through John Cafferty and the Beaver Brown Band, that then I just tanked it. Travel back in time to
1: the 80s.
2: Reliving the pop culture.
1: I want my MTV. I want
2: my MTV. The lingo. 30 inches of thigh slapping, blood pumping, nuclear brain damage.
1: And the love. Casey, could you please play... Waiting for a girl like you? Because just like you, we're stuck in the 80s. Can you say
0: stuck
2: in the 80s? On a warm summer's evening On a train bound for nowhere, I met up with a gambler We were both too tired to sleep So we took turns of staring out the window at the darkness, the boredom overtook us, and he began to speak. He said,
1: hey, 80s Nation, it's your old pal Spearsy here. And Brad in L.A. And by our somber tones, you probably are guessing that we're in for another sad show. Uh, we'll see, but we're here to talk about the guy who knew when to hold him and knew when to fold him. Let's celebrate the life and music of the late Kenny Rogers. Hey, let's face it, he might have been one of the nicest guys in the 80s.
2: Got a good mind to kiss you smack dab on the mouth. Take you in my arms and watch you clean across the state of Texas.
0: Stuck in the 80s is a member of the CLNS Podcast Network. You can find our podcast on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and the CLNS Media mobile
2: app. I can't remember when you weren't there, when I didn't care for anyone but you. Hey,
1: 80s Nation. Kenny Rogers died March 20th at the age of 81. He was a hit maker from the early 1960s into the 80s with songs such as The Gambler, Coward of the County. He also began to cross over with tunes like Lady, Islands in the Stream.
0: Rogers' record sales may have dipped a little in the late 80s, but he did come back in recent years. He had renewed album sales and new recordings he was keeping busy. Altogether, he recorded sixty-five albums. That's Steve, insane. He sold more than one hundred and sixty-five million
1: records. Sixty-five Gosh. albums. Yeah, I mean, talk about keeping busy. If there's one crazy thing, and this is what I thought of when I heard the news, is they said, you know, Kenny was eighty-one years at the time of his death, and I thought, eighty-one years old now. Yeah, I had the same thought. I'm like, yeah. he's looked. He old looked eighty-one forever. years old. Yeah, he looked eighty-one years old back in I mean, 1981. White hair. A lot of people don't know, or maybe you do, if you're big fans of country music, and we should probably just say this right off the bat, we've we've never really done a country music episode of Stuck in the 80s. We've been around for 15 years. We've never done it. I do, I do somewhere, um, as I point off to the right, which nobody can see because this is an audio show, Steve. Mm. That's not funny. I have a Greatest Country Hits of the 80s CD that I bought maybe... Ten years ago, when I was pretty sure we were going to do a, a best of country in the '80s episode, <laughs> it's like I don't even
0: know you, Spearsy. It's like I don't even know you.
1: In all fairness, it was because a certain previous co-host was trying to uh, um, have relations, let's say, with a certain country uh, DJ in the Tampa Bay area, and so that was mm, his his hook. That was his as it were. <laughs> Yeah, to the point I was trying to make before I got <laughs> waylaid, as we sometimes do in the podcast. Kenny Rogers has been making music s- since the 1950s. Oh, 50s. My gosh. And a lot of people may know, if you're a hardcore fan, I'm sure you do, that he was in a band called The First Edition, which formed Rudy in the 60s. Uh, and they had a fair amount of success. They had, they had a number of hits, including this one, uh, Ruby, Don't Take Your Love to Town.
2: The shadow on the wall tells me the sun is going down.
0: I don't even have to hear the clip of that to know what that song's about. Uh, <laughs> and maybe that's the simple majesty of country music. First edition broke up in the 70s, and that gave Kenny Rogers a chance to really come into the spotlight. Won his first Grammy in 1978 as a solo artist with his crossover hit, The Gambler.
1: That's got to be my first memory of him. Is it, is it
0: for you? Um, I had kind of a moment of realization this week that you picked a fine time to leave me Lucille is Kenny Rogers.
1: <laughs> I didn't. I didn't know that.
0: I was like, "Oh, oh, yeah, I remember that song. It was everywhere." So that I would say is, although I, clearly I wasn't conscious of it at the time, that's my first real Kenny Rogers memory. But the Gambler, I mean, come on, that song—you know it, whether you like it or not—you know it, right? Uh, and it's a song that tells a story, so I'm in. Even if some of his yeah. hard playing advice is a little suspect,
1: <laughs> it seems like there was just recently a Geico commercial. Featuring Kenny Rogers and the Gambler. Huh, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Yeah, everybody knows that. Well, did you know that playing cards
2: with Kenny Rogers gets old pretty fast? You got to know when to hold them. Know when to fold them. Know when to walk away. Know when to run. You never count your money when you're sitting at the table. What? You get it. I get
0: the gist, yeah. yeah. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance.
1: I, I remember The Gambler being an album that my parents had, you know. Yeah, perfect. And
2: yeah, they put it on like yeah. it.
1: Yeah, yeah. Or they they put it on at dinner time. You know, my dad would be out burning the steaks and uh, <laughs> <laughs> on the barbecue. I, I come from a family of um, people who burn the meat on the barbecue. Well, you know, it's
0: a time-honored tradition. Handed down from father to son.
1: No, no, I've broken the streak. I, I, I can grill properly, but oh, good. I don't just mean like my dad and my grandparents. I'm like a- anybody who has any remote DNA in their system f- in my family of t- related to me burns the meat on the That's barbecue. That's so funny. That as Kenny Rogers is not to blame for this. <laughs> <laughs> Nevertheless, that might have been on
0: while some of this, uh, some of this right. assault on comestibles was happening in the backyard. Right.
1: When I think of Kenny Rogers, I think of burned meat. Sorry, Kenny. (laughs) Kenny Rogers had a lot of hits in the 80s and the late 70s. We're not going to honor them all today because we're, you know. We
0: only have so much time.
1: Exactly. But we did pick five, and there are five obvious ones that I think everyone can relate to one way or another, and we have stories about some of them. So let's get started. Here's our five favorite uh, Kenny Rogers picks of the 80s.
2: You got to know when the whole. You never count your money When you're sitting at the table There'll be time enough for counting When the done
1: Hey, so this is obviously the, the pick everyone has to pick. Don Schlitz, who I, you just gotta love his name. Oh my gosh. He hung out with his friends Bud and Coors Light. Exactly. He wrote this song in 1976 when he was 23 years old. He shopped it all over Nashville before it was recorded by a couple different people, including Johnny Cash, huh. who put it on his album
2: Gone Girl. So I handed him my bottle, and he drank down my last swallow. Then he bummed a cigarette, then he bummed the light. The night got deathly quiet, and his face lost all expression. He said, if you're going to play the game, boy, you better learn to play it right
1: but it was Kenny Rogers who made it a mainstream success. It was a number 1 country hit. It made its way to the pop charts in a time when country songs rarely ever did that.
0: Yeah. He really started grooving a track there for what I call a lot on the podcast light country, but it really is just right. more pop-influenced country.
1: Sure, exactly. And it's continued it would continue on for decades that that sort of genre. And and as you mentioned earlier, he would also win a, a Grammy Award for Best uh, Male Country Vocal Performance in 1980.
0: Yeah, well, was he the Garth Brooks of his time? Is that too obvious a comparison to make? Wow, I didn't think about that. Yeah,
1: let's. I'll I'll, I'll go ahead and say yes.
0: I, I mean, this but, song was a juggernaut. I I couldn't believe that it didn't chart higher on the pop charts. But uh, you know it, whether you like it or
1: not, you know it. Oh, who doesn't like the gambler? I mean, come on!
0: Oh, there's some I mean, contrarians out there. As a long-time contrarian myself, I'm sure there are people out there, and they're grinding their fine. teeth right now, suckers. <laughs>
1: it's fine. Pay a little respect to the man. He worked hard. Uh, man, if you want to talk about like grindy, grindy teeth country crossover songs, this this wouldn't even make my list of top 100 most annoying. So, yeah.
0: do you want to know the <laughs> one thing about this song that bothers me? What's that? The famous chorus. He says, you got to know when to hold them, no one to fold them. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Know when to walk away, know when to run. Also checks out. Now, yeah. here's the part that I have a problem with. You never count your money when you're sitting at the table. Mm, okay. Now, maybe it's bad form to sit there and count it out. But if you don't know how much money you have in front of you, you're not going to be able to do a very good job of playing cards. <laughs> you need to know how much money you have in front of you. You're so practical, Brad. <laughs> it's just... It's who I am, man. Are you a better, I mean, are you what you would call a gambler? I enjoy playing poker. I do enjoy playing poker. How actually often do you I play now? I it well, it's been a while. I hosted a monthly game at my house for probably six or seven years.
1: What would happen during these monthly games? Were, were cigars consumed? Um, in the summer, when I could open the
0: garage door, we played in my garage. In the summer, when I could open the garage door, we smoked smoke cigars. Uh, Fair bit of drinking, but we were not there to drink. The guys that I had around the table were there to play cards, and they would get pretty snippy with people that would call games where the wild card changes in the middle of the hand and stuff like that. People would be like, I'm not playing that. So it was a pretty. Huh. It was you know perhaps we took ourselves too seriously. I don't know. It was what we all wanted to do, so I think that's fine. The stakes were always pretty low. Like, I didn't want anybody to have any incentive to, like, if you need money, ask me for money. I'll give you money. But, like, don't try and cheat me out of $15 playing poker. That's just silly.
1: So, so. what would everybody bring then? like 100 bucks each? Oh, no. The buy-ins
0: were, like, $20 or $40. Okay. So
1: the stakes it's were been pretty forever.
0: Low. Yeah, stakes were pretty low.
1: Okay. I, I used to play poker back when it was the, a big thing, you know, where okay. poker halls were everywhere and Yeah, yeah. For a while there I had a streak going where I was I was much like Kenny Rogers. I knew I knew when to fold them and when to walk away and so I always walked away having made a little bit of money. Now it may have only been $10 at the hey, end of the Hey, 10 bucks is 10 bucks. I don't think I've ever lost money playing poker, but it just at some point it got to the to the level where people were I, I could play Texas Hold'em. That's all I could play. Sure. When people started introducing other you know, games. Yeah. I, I couldn't keep up, and like it's a cardinal sin. I suppose. I, I don't know. I'm not Catholic. <laughs> this is becoming <laughs> a weird show. <laughs> but I'm going to say it's a cardinal sin to to gamble when you don't know the rules and the strategy of the game. Um
0: well it just makes you you know the old saying a sucker. If you play for 20 minutes and you can't figure out who the sucker at the table is it's you. Right. So I don't you know if you want to ride luck then knock yourself out. People are happy right. to have you.
1: When Stuck in the 80s formed as a podcast 15 years ago, we actually had a sister podcast called Annie Up which was a poker podcast. And I think oh, it's yeah. still are around. Oh yeah, those guys still around? I think so. They they went independent like eons ago and I don't I don't know what they're up to anymore, but I know there was at one point in time there was some crossover fans that listen to both shows so i, I just i don't nice. know what a poker podcast would sound like every week for 15 years yeah i only the know what an up 80s to them podcast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyway, anyway we're dragging this i'm sorry out.
0: we've gotten way too far afield on this sorry, no, i can't kenny. help it
1: i just we love the to talk today we've got all afternoon to talk about kenny rogers but for kenny rogers he only had tonight
2: Let's make it last. Let's find a way. Turn out the lights. Oh, oh, come tonight. Tonight. We We've got, got to Why do stay?
1: Obviously, this song was written by Bob Seger. If you can't figure that out by listening to the lyrics or just the overall tone to it. Yeah, yeah. I have been listening to music all that much. This was the theme song to my junior prom in high school.
0: Oh, really? Interesting. I wasn't sure where you were going with this. I'm like, this is from a movie? Oh, no, it's a personal anecdote. Okay.
1: Yeah. So how'd junior prom go, Steve? It didn't go great. I honestly God, I don't remember a thing about it. <laughs> you didn't I, have know tonight
0: that back- or the next day or ever again. No. <laughs> have a nice the, life.
1: I remember the, the shtick was that every. Prom had a theme and it was always a right. song. I think One Year it was almost paradise was that was the theme. But this, this okay, year it was sure. we got tonight. And then you got a glass, like a like a sh- like a champagne glass or a wine glass, which I guess was right. not the smart thing to do to give to sixteen year old kids, but whatever. And it had a silhouette, you know, two people dancing and it had the song title, you know, Countryside High School Prom nineteen eighty four, whatever so but that has nothing to do with the song itself. Bob Seger recorded it. Uh, Kenny Rogers recorded it with Sheena Easton. That's the the voice you're hearing. And again, I guess it was recorded in 2002 for Ronan Keaton. Let's go back to the Sheena
0: Easton version that we just heard. This just shows the the raw power of Kenny Rogers as a duet partner in the 80s. He should have done more of them.
1: He did. He I, did do a he, few more. We'll did. talk we're, about one.
0: We'll talk about at least one. But I mean, I think he was a good partner. In duets, I think he has a good voice for it, and he didn't seem to need to be necessarily, you know, taken over the song. So I think this is actually a really pretty. I think this is a really pretty song.
1: When I think of Kenny Rogers singing, I don't think of a huge voice. I think of
0: yeah, it's a friendly voice. It's a it's a friendly voice. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. It's not like Taylor Dane. It's not going to like push you into a a different orbit from sheer. Whatever the audio, co- you're an audio engineer. You- <laughs> am I? Either that, or right now you're rolling your eyes at me, going
0: <laughs> a little bit. But As that's usual. okay. You're
1: used to that by now. Yeah,
0: I <laughs> can- no, I would agree. He did not have like a powerhouse voice that was gonna like. And now let me no. show you. You know, I'm gonna belt this thing out. It's gonna scare the you know the small animals outside the pavilion.
1: Right. <laughs> <laughs> he did have this next song though, and this is absolutely probably my favorite song from Kenny Rogers in the '80s. This is from the movie Six Pack. This is Love Will Turn You Around. We'll talk about the movie here in a few minutes, but I love the song. Unlike so many of his other songs, this one was actually co-written by Rogers. So that's kind of cool. What? This is just another one of those feel-good tracks. I mean, I
0: don't know what to tell you other than love will turn you around, Steve. I've seen it happen in the last 12 months.
1: Yeah. She's waiting patiently in the other room for me to finish the podcast so we can go have a regular Saturday. The Love Will Turn You Around song... Reached number 13 on the Hot 100, which is pretty cool. Reached number one on both country and adult contemporary charts. Ooh. When was the last time that happened for anybody? I don't Probably know. Probably happened yesterday, and I wouldn't know. Like I'm sitting there watching a charge these days. Dude, we just look it up. We <laughs> look it up online, we're like, oh, okay, write it down.
0: Don't show everyone behind the curtain, Steve.
1: God, I'm having a weird day. I'm not blaming Kenny. I did ask Alexa last night when we were – having our nightly cocktails to you know Alexa play Kenny Rogers and we went through like ten or fifteen songs before.
0: <laughs> Alexa administered a sanity test.
1: Yeah. How many fingers am I holding up, Steve? <laughs> I'm sorry, Steve. I can't do that right now. We're weird, um, the future of Mrs. Spearsy and I we use Alexa a lot when she's here. First of all, Alexa babysits the dog when we go out. So we said it to <laughs> okay. I we we set it to iHeartRadio so that there's something playing in the background for, for the b man, and then when it's cocktail hour, Alexa cues up, and we more often than not, it's not '80s stuff. It's it's sometimes it's I heart '70s or it's.
0: You are in the '70s jam mode these days.
1: Last night it was a lot of um, Frank Sinatra, so you n- you never know. <laughs> so, wow, nice. I'm trying to expand my reach. Speaking of expanding his reach, Kenny Rogers did it big time with this song with Dolly Parton. Gender Why I would say he expanded his reach. Oh, a country artist did a duet with another country artist with Dolly Parton. What? Yeah, uh, Steve's really on top of his game. Yeah. <laughs> who, who wrote this song is what
0: I think is interesting. This is written by the Bee Gees. Wow. Yeah, and yeah. they—I mean—they wrote a ton of stuff for a lot of people, but I would not have guessed that this was a Bee Gees song.
1: It was originally written for Marvin Gaye. So oh, there you go, Marvin. Interesting, Marvin. Huh? Marvin.
0: Yeah. Now I'm <laughs> trying to picture this as an R&B song, which I'm having trouble jiving that because the islands of the stream by these two i mean look this is not one of my favorite songs if it comes on the radio right now i'd probably listen to it but i acknowledge the craftsmanship that's there uh yeah. you know is, does that make me a does that make me a, an insincere co-host of the podcast oh so i don't be
1: know. It. it's fine it's it was a huge song it was no, it was a number one song so i mean yeah. it was it was it was as important as anything got to be important in the summer of 1983
0: yeah, it was the first single from Rogers' album, Eyes That See in the Dark. Sounds like the
2: name
1: of a Kiss album. <laughs> yeah, here's
0: your little, here's your slight bit of
1: pretentiousness.
0: I know you like you some Key West, and this song does have a Key West connection, and it's not the islands part. Uh, it's named after Ernest Hemingway's novel.
1: Ah, yeah, of course. That makes sense. I have most of his books, like. As I sit here and point off to the left.
0: <laughs> oh, like, on the opposite oh! side from where the CDs are? Okay, I'm building yeah. a mental model of your, of your study.
1: The lair has been in transition this week because we're in coronavirus lockdown. So we've been purging. We've been going through all the, the rooms and purging some of the more um, bizarre stuff that should never have been here in the first place. But The egregious examples of clutter. <laughs> yeah. Just seriously, the other day we had like like eight bags of garbage out there. So Whew. apparently, I have about 3,500, seemingly so, uh, USB cords around here. There's like three <laughs> boxes just full of them now. So, oh
0: knows. my gosh, that's, that's
1: crazy. The last of our five songs that we're going to honor uh, Kenny Rogers for today uh, this is a big one written by Lionel Richie. Everyone knows this one by heart. This is Lady.
2: Lady, I'm your knight in shining armor, and I love you. You have made me what I am, and I am yours.
1: Brad, this is actually number 60 on Billboard's all-time, all-time top 100. Is it really? Wow. It's right, I mean, it's right after Tarzan
0: Boy by Baltimore. Oh, God. I, 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 cannot, I cannot abide that song. <laughs> this is, again, this is another one of those stories that everybody knows, how Lionel Richie and Kenny Rogers are friends. And when you first heard that, like, wait, what? And Lionel Richie wrote this song for him, and maybe you've heard it. It's called Lady. And everyone's like, what? But you know, now with the internet, everybody knows these things.
1: Well, I mean, Kenny and Lionel worked together on We Are The World. Right, Lionel Richie performed this song on his album, Time, and then he and Kenny performed it as a duet on uh, Lionel Richie's album, Tuskegee, which, by the way, is fantastic. I don't think I've heard yeah. that. Oh, you should. It's a country song, Lionel Richie crossover project. That's the easiest nice. way to put it without me stepping all over my uh, whatever body part. Already sore tongue. <laughs> anyway, there are a lot of other... Top ten hits that he had between nineteen seventy eight and the present. I don't need you from nineteen eighty one. Coward of the county, huge one from nineteen seventy nine. Yeah, don't fall in love with a dreamer from nineteen eighty. Oh my gosh, she she believes, she believes in me. In me. 19- oh, yeah, it's
0: so trinkly. It's just so oh. so schlocky.
1: No, even more trinkly though is uh, you decorated my life from nineteen seventy nine. So yeah. Those were the other big hits. Obviously, the other big one through the years from 1981. Was that the new theme for the podcast? (laughs) It should be if it's not. Speaking of the gambler, we're happy to talk about our new sponsor this week, Bet Online. Currently, there's no NBA, no NHL, no Major League Baseball. You might think there's nothing to bet on. Well, you'd be wrong. Our exclusive partner, Bet Online still has hundreds of sports, events, and games to wager on. Or let them bring Vegas to you with their online casino and blackjack. It's open 24 hours a day. It's all online, including their $750,000 poker series. If you're into props and entertainment betting, I know you are, Brad. You can still bet on Survivor, Big Brother, American Idol stock prices. Brad, even the weather. How's the weather in L.A., Brad?
0: Today it's quite nice, although we've been getting a lot of rain. I know this is fascinating.
1: Damn it. I just lost $100. Anyway, visit the website at betonline.ag or use your mobile device and join today to receive a 100% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Be sure to use the promo code CLNS50. BetOnline. They're your online wagering experts. And we're back. And as promised, I said we would talk a little bit about Kenny Rogers' acting career for me and Brad, it's got, to, it's got to begin and end in 1982 with the
2: movie Six Pack. I, I see Six bucks. What's going on here? Our truck's washing away in
1: the Red River. That's what's going on.
2: I don't want to hear another word about that truck. Do you understand? That smart mouth of yours is going to get you in trouble, boy. We're already in trouble. You don't know anything about being in trouble. If I don't find out what you did with my parts, I'm going to sling all six of you in the state reformatory in Houston. What's a deformed story? It's a place for bad little boys. It's a jail.
1: I don't want to go to another fun story. Me neither. You ain't going to sling my ass in one of them crummy places. That ain't no
2: lie to me either.
0: Oh, yeah. Did, did he do anything else since the 80s in the cinema?
2: Not
1: really. That was his motion feature debut and uh, finale, or whatever they call it. What, what do they call it when you One and I, done? One and done. Cup of coffee? Yeah. That's baseball. I think it was on HBO a lot. I think that's why I remember it so much.
0: Yeah, right? that makes sense. It seems like that kind of movie. I full disclosure, I saw this movie for the first time this week.
1: <laughs> it's available on YouTube. It's very grainy. Yeah, but uh, you and know, I'm not talking so about. The I'm not talking movie. about the video resolution.
0: <laughs> yeah, maybe don't watch it on your 65 inch, you know, 4K TV. Just watch it on your tablet. Yeah. It'll be fine.
1: Exactly. And so it's, in case you
0: don't, I, I can see why it was on so much. It's not offensive in any way you know it's this kind of nice storyline like oh this guy must be the villain hey wait a minute that's bernie from weekend at bernie's
1: there's a few little moments like that in there but other than that it's just
0: you know just a nice way to spend a saturday afternoon
1: if you're not familiar with six-pack it is from 1982 starred kenny rogers as brewster baker uh stock car driver trying to make a comeback when his e- efforts are thwarted thwarted under the word i can pronounce. thwart thwart because it sounds like I'm slurring it even though that's the correct pronunciation thwarted by a family of uh thieves kids really who strip his car one day when he's like driving through some dirt water burg in Texas yeah uh, of course there are a lovable bunch of uh goofballs including Diane Lane and a very very young uh, Anthony Michael Hall that was his yeah big his debut th- he's the fixer yeah yeah and if that's not good enough, if you're still not convinced you want to watch this, uh, Aaron Gray from Buck Rogers plays his love interest. Hello. I know. So Colonel Wilma Deering. That's actually harder to pronounce. I'm having a weird I
0: will day. say I watched this whole movie waiting for Jim Neighbors to show up. I kept thinking, <laughs> I, I know Jim Neighbors is in this, and he's not. He's in Stroke Ace. Yeah. That's, I realized afterwards that's what I was. I was drawing a connection between those two movies that doesn't and shouldn't
1: exist. Well, but it it almost could have because Burt Reynolds turned down this role at one point. Oh, really? (laughs) Yep. So there you go. Hey, Kenny,
0: we Uh, know you wrote the song for the movie, but uh, we're having trouble finding an actor. What do you say? You want to drive an RV and pretend to drive a stock car? You betcha, guys.
1: Again, it doesn't work because he looks like he's like grandpa driving a car. Well.
0: I don't know if you saw this this week. Uh, someone had dug up a snippet from the Anthony Michael Hall interview where they asked him about this movie, and he
1: had nothing
0: but good things to say about Kenny Rogers. He said oh, he I'm was sure. just an absolute gentleman, so easy to work with. Always kind of had the kids' backs and was looking out for them. He described it as a very, very positive experience, which doesn't surprise okay. me.
1: If anyone had anything negative to say about Kenny, I would just be shocked. There was also the gambler movies. Kenny starred as Brady Hawks, which sounds a little bit like a Stallone character, but I think I'm (laughs) thinking of uh, Over the Top, (laughs) when he played Lincoln Hawks. Anyway, The Gambler were five TV movies that happened between 1980 and 1994, Wow! with Kenny being Brady Hawks, a fictional Old West Gambler, and uh, your buddy from Tron, Bruce uh, (sighs) Boxleitner, am I pronouncing it correctly? Boxleitner, yeah.
0: Boxlightner, you call him Sir. Who's that guy? That's Tron. He fights for the. Youth. Uh,
1: he started in a bunch of them too. His character name Billy Montana.
0: Oh jeez.
1: Because why not? You
0: know, you're gonna go full ham. Go full ham.
1: Speaking of ham, Kenny also did a, a pretty well known venture into the fast food business. In 1991, he founded uh, Kenny Rogers Roasters with the former governor of Kentucky, John Brown. And actually, the first uh, Kenny Rogers Roasters opened here in Florida in Coral Springs oh, yeah? in 1991. Yeah, And it's, uh, it was so well-known. It was such a pop culture fixture, the, the chain that is, not the Coral Springs location, that it became um, the subject of a, a well-known and beloved episode of Seinfeld called The Chicken Roaster. Do you remember this one? Here's a clip.
2: I sure do miss my apartment. Maybe I'll switch back. Oh, you don't want to think about that. No, sir. Otherwise, I'd have no choice but to put that banner back up and uh, yeah, run that Rogers right out of town. I don't think you will. As a matter of fact, I'll save you the trouble. I'll do it myself. Uh, yeah, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, put the banner up. Doesn't matter to All me. All right. No, Jerry, look! I need that chicken. I can have that chicken. You leave those rustlers alone. Kenny never hurt anybody. You got a little problem. Oh, I got a big problem, Jerry.
1: Well, I remember it. I think it might still be around but maybe not in the U S it basically, it ran into competition with Boston market and another chain suited and, and got bought out by Nathan's famous. Anyway, from what I understand, there's still some around, but maybe only a handful of those are in the U S you know, else remains in the U S though here and for now and forever. The The Seggies. Ah, the mystical f- refrain of listener mail back. <laughs> it sounds like a lie right when it comes out of my mouth. <laughs> I don't even know why. Like, <laughs> <mystical> <laughs> you refrain sound insincere. I'm trying. I'm really trying. Well, let's face it. It's kind of a weird time. I hope everyone's doing okay at home. We're we're yeah. hanging on here. The um, we got a letter today from Doctor Incognito who remembers episode 542 when we talked about bread bags and bullies the uh, novel by Stephen Manchester. And when you and I shared our fight stories, remember?
0: Oh, yeah. <laughs> Not Two hits. I, Him hitting me,
1: me hitting the ground. Yeah, exactly. The doc sends an email to us. Uh, Brad, do you have time to read it? I do.
0: I have little else to do on this otherwise quarantine stay-at-home day. So here we go. Good day, gentlemen. Your discussion about fights in episode 542, the Steve Manchester Breadbags and Bullies Show, got me thinking about one of my tales of middle school hell. I was involved in a few minor skirmishes in my day, despite being a scrawny, cowardly nerd. The problem was that I was also a bit of a smartass, and my mouth occasionally got me into trouble. Testify, <laughs> Dr. Incognito, testify. Allow me to set the scene. It was 7th grade, fall of 1981. I was in study hall, sitting next to a girl who had for some reason, hmm, could it be hormones? Hormones recently became very interesting to me. One day I was talking to this girl, undoubtedly trying to impress her with my incandescent wit, but I kept getting interrupted by another girl. We'll call her Ronnie. Eventually i had had enough, and though I don't remember my exact words, I ended up calling Ronnie, who was rather stout in stature, a wildebeest. Mm. That shut her up, and I thought nothing of it. Eventually the bell rang, <laughs> and as I left class, I felt something hit the back of my head. Ronnie had punched me, just hard enough to get my attention. At this point, one of her friends informed me that my ass was grass, a popular saying among the tough kids at the time. Huh, what's that about, I wondered. I went to my locker, grabbed my stuff, and walked out the front door of the school, only to find a small crowd and Ronnie waiting for me. Dude, have you never seen the movies Use the Side Exit?
1: I know, I was thinking the same thing. He was oblivious, that's fine.
0: We were all a little oblivious. Even to this day, some of us are a little oblivious. Anyway, he continues, at this point, I was beginning to realize my mistake. I sauntered past Ronnie and she jumped me. Instant headlock, blows raining down on my face. I was stunned. Two thoughts raged through my adolescent mind. Fight back, and also, you can't hit a girl! My only option was escape. After a few more seconds as a punching bag, I wriggled free and ran home. That night, as my face swelled and changed colors, I had to explain to my dad that I'd gotten beaten up by a girl. He dropped that classic dad line that I now get to use on my own kids. Did you learn anything? Fortunately, no major physical damage was done, and I was not the only boy to get whooped by Ronnie that year, which softened the blow to my reputation. The next year, I sat next to her in science class, and we laughed about the whole thing. Sadly, things did not go well later in life for Ronnie, but I always appreciated the lesson she taught me. Girls have feelings too, and girls can kick your ass. Be excellent to each other, Dr. Incognito. Wow. Oh. That's a great story. I can picture the scene. Yeah, absolutely. And the thing yeah. about your dad, did you learn anything? That's exactly what my mother would say to me all the time. <laughs> what did you learn? I'm like, really? Are we doing this now? What did you learn? I learned not to tell you about this stuff because you ask me that question every time, Mom.
1: I don't know that I've still learned that lesson. I still say stupid shit all the time. I just think is kind of funny. And I it's don't not even, funny, I don't Steve. even, I don't even, I don't even know it until it's out of my, and I did it on the cruise. There was like one or two things I just said, like, like it was involuntary, like, just came reaction. shooting out. It just popped and in there. I felt, what just yeah, popped
0: yeah. in there, Steve.
1: <laughs> I've been beating myself up ever since that trip. Cause I, there was two or three things I said that were kind of like, I don't know. They're a little hurtful. They were meant to be jokes, but Playful, I know that. Right. They know they didn't well, come across that way. And I, you know, I mean, anybody who's got a
0: smart ass mouth, I, I do too. Yeah. You learn well, to rein it in sometimes, but it's really hard to rein it in all the time.
1: Yeah. I don't know. One of them involves a Monchi cheese. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, if, you, if you've if you got stories, send them to us. They don't have to be about manchi cheese uh, or getting beat the up. Email- Tell <laughs> us about the time you
0: beat somebody up. I'd love to get one of those letters. What's that like? Yeah. What's it like to win a fight in junior
1: high? I don't know if that's our core audience, Brad. I know. <laughs> there, I just, see you know, it there. I it go. Out there. shouldn't have said that. I shouldn't have said that. Someone's gonna pop me in the back of the head before this podcast is over. As always send your emails to podcast at sat dot com. Ah, the very familiar and yet somewhat repetitive theme song, too. I want my mystery TV theme song. Wow. Mm. That came out just as badly as it sounded. Anyway, this is our segi where if you uh, can name the snippet of a TV theme song, you are entered into a drawing for some Swag. I know we have the postal friendly bottle openers. By the way, that, I don't know if I said this in the last show, but when, when everybody on the cruise, when I held up the bottle opener and everyone knew what it was and everyone called it a postal friendly bottle opener, I, you know, I think my heart that made your grew trip two sizes. It. it did a little bit. Anyway, that's how it works. Pay attention. Here was the theme song from the last time we did the segi. That's one day at a
2: time. This program was recorded on tape
0: for a live audience.
1: Uh, Crispy Critter picked this one.
2: Oh, that's
0: right. Yeah. So I will tell you also some One Day at a Time knowledge to drop on you. Pluto TV added a new channel that has the original One Day at a Time episodes on. Oh, nice. If you're itching to watch some.
1: Oh, God, I'm itching to watch anything right now. It's down to...
0: You, You already finished Tiger King?
1: No, I haven't started it yet. Do, do, should I watch it?
0: Uh, we're a couple episodes in, and we're all like fascinated and horrified at the same time. I mean, uh, it's, see, that's it's how just, I
1: feel about my life overall. So
0: it, it's kind of <laughs> yeah, it's kind of garbagey to be honest, but it's kind of interesting at the same time. Like now, I want to see where all the garbage
1: ends up. We're watching *Downton Abbey*, which I didn't watch oh, when it was yeah. out. So we're, yeah, th- five episodes.
0: I enjoyed the first couple seasons, but I won't give you the spoiler, but at the end of one of the seasons something happened. And I'm like, Yeah, okay, I'm done with this.
2: It's yeah, just a soap but-
0: opera with people with a lot of money and problems I can't relate to. <laughs> yeah. But it's fun to look at. It looks great. It just looks fantastic.
1: Well yeah, it's it's I love it so far. The fiance has said the first two episodes are the only ones that we really need to watch, so I, I'm gonna I'm gonna I mean take your word on that. And your word The
0: line what's a weekend is just it's classic.
1: <laughs> We've already gotten through that one, yeah. It's the first episode or two, yeah. I think that's the first episode. It is. She's great. She's just a walking, talking, quote machine. Anyway, Crispy Critter wanted us to do One Day at a Time because he, he's well aware of the fact that sometimes you and I are not the biggest TV pros and sometimes we need a little nudge.
0: But a lot of people also not only got it right, but they were like, oh, and that's the version from the closing credits.
1: Oh. And I'm like, what is going
0: on with you people? You're savants. We have the smartest listeners in all the podcast universe, Steve. There, I'm just going to pander to you all just a little bit. (laughs) I am, and that's fine. We need to do a little bit of it. Hey, guys. We love you. Yeah. I was just shocked at how many people were like, oh, that's obviously from the closing credits. Like, wow, yes, it it is. You're terrifying me. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, read some winners. Okay. Winners this week include Brian in San Francisco, DJ and Clinton. Anastasia in Colorado, currently stationed in Amityville, New York for a couple months and is spending every weekend taking the train into New York City and revisiting my own stomping grounds and seeing as many Broadway shows as possible. Jagged Little Pill was amazing, even if not the 80s. Yeah, we're not doing that anymore, people. Uh, Lido in Porter Ranch. Rickett Tackett. Chris Walker, Marie Mueller, Anna Norcal, Dave in an Undisclosed Location, Mark Ram rhymes with Ham, Nate Chops Johnson, Dave Parrott, Chris Living on the Air in Cincinnati Adams, Janet JFK Not, Christian in Duluth, Tom Corn in Austria, Beachfit Rob, Kevin Serving Wench, Stoney Stitt, Wendy Maloney, and John Ross from Charlotte.
1: Let's spin a wheel and find out who uh, wins the postal-friendly bottle opener. Brad. Here we go.
0: It's a one and a 2 and a one-two-three.
1: It's spinning, man. Are you-
0: All in the follow-through.
1: <laughs> well, it does look like it's eventually going to stop, and it's going to stop on Lido in Porter Ranch. You're the winner. So email us your postal address, and we'll get something out to you. I could probably <clears> throw I'm it from turn. my
0: house and have it land at his place. It's not that far from me.
1: Porter Ranch is in California. Porter
0: Ranch is in the Valley. Where are you?
1: You're not in the valley?
0: I'm in the next valley past the valley. (laughs) Okay. That's very strange. That makes sense if you're in L.A. Sorry. Okay. It's a nice way of saying we're out in the suburbs where we could afford a house 20 years ago.
1: You're you're north, right? You're north of. Yes. That is correct. That's about as much as I need to know. Pay attention. Here's this week's Mystery TV theme song. If you know it, email us at podcast.sits.com, and tune in soon to find out if you're a winner. We'll be right back after this commercial break.
2: From Rock's new wave comes K-Tales. Starring Brad Benatar. Hot lakes from the Mac Blondie, and Joe Jackson. <sighs> latinum the Ramer cut after cut in with the 80s from Ktel available at these and other fine stores.:
1: And we're back, and we have a few minutes left. thought we'd tell you about the 2021 voyage of the '80s cruise.:
0: Yeah, we now have a lineup for the 2021 cruise. Are you ready for this? The Human League, 38 Special, Berlinda Carlisle, Berlin, Morris Day and the Time, ABC, John Cafferty and the Beaver Brown Band, Modern English, Jack Russell's Great White, Dire Straits Legacy, A Flock of Seagulls, The Alarm, Sugar Hill Gang, John Parr, and Johnny Hates Jazz. Tribute bands Jessie's Girl and Trial by Fire also return along with the addition of Strange Love, a Depeche Mode tribute act. MTV original VJs Nina Blackwood, Mark Goodman, and Alan Hunter will also return. Open booking for The Cruise began on March 18th. If you've never been on an 80s cruise, we have a special promo code for you. This works for first-time cruisers only. You get a $200 cabin credit if you use the promo code STUCK when booking. You must use the promo code at the time you book, and you must be a first-time guest on the cruise.
1: It's a fun trip. Brad and I have gone for the first five. We'll be there for the next one. We'll be doing trivia on board, usually four or five sessions usually yep. we do a couple of live podcasts and other than that we're, we're we're there and hanging out with you guys having a good time. So, should be you fun. Bet. I think the ports are St. Thomas, Tortula, and Nassau. So, actually I kind of like that. Kind of gives us an extra at sea day and those to me are my favorite. So, hey, that's all we have time for this week. Brad and I uh, hope everyone is home and safe during this crazy time in the world. If you need a little help finding a way, I, I honestly recommend just turning on a little Kenny Rogers. To quote the master, (laughs) every gambler knows that the secret to surviving is knowing what to throw away and knowing what to keep, because every hand's a winner and every hand's a loser. And the best that you can hope is to die in your sleep. God's rest to you, Kenny Rogers. We'll be back next week, because Brad and I remain here, hopelessly, stuck in the 80s.
2: And somewhere in the darkness, the gambler, he broke even in his final words, I found an ace that I could keep. You got to know when to hold them. Know when to fold
0: them. Stuck in the 80s is a member of the CLNS Media Network. Special thanks to Check Battery Daily for our theme music. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or the CLNS Media mobile app. Time
2: enough to count them. when the deal is done. You got to know.